You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, comedian Casey Corbin. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, if you haven't already, don't forget to hit us up on all those social medias that you know about on the Twitter at TNWPod, on Instagram, Talking Wrestling Podcast. Drop us an email or Gmail at talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Those are where you can find us. Remember, so also, the Ricky Steamboat uh, winner has been announced. We announced it last week, and that postcard got uh, mailed out this week. So, uh, Gus, thank you very kindly for the great review. You will get your postcard hopefully in a few weeks, depending on uh, how uh, shitty Canada Post is and how great American Post is, I guess, or U.S. Post. Who knows? Or maybe vice versa. Who am I to say? Anyways, it's in the mail. Remember also to rate, review, subscribe, and that the contest is, well, it's not a contest. You send in a five-star rating and a favorable review, and we're going to send you a postcard from the early 80s of a wrestler of your choice, as long as we still have that postcard in stock. So we're just giving stuff away, just for your love, and that's all we want, and that's what this February is about. Tomorrow is February 14th, so you know what that means, the 14th day of Black History Month. And uh, one of my favorite months of the year. And we'll be talking a little bit about that a little later in our show. Today, I've got two great guests. Both very funny. Both I know from a venue called the Comedy Bar and a sketch troupe called the Sketchersons, who I've uh, worked with uh, many years ago. Today, uh, you can uh, find them in many things. Uh, uh, Right now, we got uh, Bob Kerr with us, who is on 22 Minutes, the head writer for This Hour is 22 Minutes. Uh, It's kind of Canada's daily show. And uh, he's also one of the writers and producers for... uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, not podcast, but I'm Chris Jericho, right? Is it, but I'm Chris Jericho? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, Mark Andrade is with us, who is also seen in an episode of But I'm Chris Jericho, a very, very funny comedic actor from here in Toronto, uh, who was last seen on Raw 25. He was at the Manhattan Center. And that was fantastic. I've never been so excited to see somebody I know in a wrestling audience to have my roommate, Jeff McHenry, say, hey, that's not him. And then we just uh, we had to wait and figure out until Nug put a screenshot up and I threw it in Jeff's face. It was him. So, yes, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Bob, for joining us on the show today. Talking wrestling. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, nice you. to be here. Yeah. We, uh, were, we were actually both on the same episode of Because I'm, or, but oh, I'm yeah. Chris Jericho. But I'm Chris Jericho. I thought that w- episode was the best episode of this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I know it was Chris's favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, because it's ridiculous. And it's Chris's favorite. It's just really funny. It might be my, not because I'm in it, but I do love watching Mark in the background. Like, I was cracking up all the time in the scenes because Mark would just be going nuts in the background with, like, holding up, (laughs) doing a lot of prop work. Yeah. (laughs) And for those of you who don't know the episode we're talking about, I believe the episode's called What's What's Sip? What's Sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's episode four. Yeah. It's where Chris goes to the radio station and you have the radio crew. Mark is in the booth. Uh, Bob is on the mic with uh, Gary. And Gary is uh, the one with the sweet frosted tips. 
and Gary Rideout, who's already been on the show. I really, su- really I, committing to that. I character. suggested to Gary to get frosted. I was going to ask. I wanted to. Yeah. Who, I was who like, came with the frosted tips? His I, wife I'm was pretty so sure it was me because I was like, you got to look. Are we allowed to swear? Or? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You got to look like an asshole. <laughs> big, yeah. big time. I, I'm glad I got that cleared. You know, you got to look like, and I, I kept on thinking of Guy Fieri, but. Uh, I don't know, but that's that's a good that's a good you know. Frosted tips are just such an asshole look anymore, right? It's not in a boy band. It's not the nineties. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. No need to have frosted tips. It's not B four four. It's a good morning radio DJ guy. It really is. It's like no offense to radio morning DJs if you're out there. No offense, for sure offense. But for <laughs> sure offense. But if you have frosted tips, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Razamoka. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll never be a guest on that show now oh my god we'll see but um, <laughs> i remember also i think it was on somebody's instagram maybe it was jericho's he put up a, a picture of the shot of the episode yeah and uh i said i love gary's frosted tips and all those epic sips yeah <laughs> <laughs> and gary also has the best cry face on there oh, yeah because at some point he gets his mug broken. I don't want to... Well, I am spoiling it. But I mean, like, the whole gag is that we're two guys that sip through it the whole episode. And that's kind of our thing. Yeah. And it's a cherished... Don't spoil the ending. It's a... What? It's a seven... <laughs> it's an eight-minute show. Well, only, Anyways, Gary only five minutes, as, as we know, we've revealed now on the show. <laughs> the fact is, Chris Jericho just tweeted today... Somebody got mad at him for doing Walking Dead spoilers on his podcast. Oh, and he yeah. goes, spoiler alerts only last uh, a week after the show, bud. Like, he just put the guy in his place. Oh, so, that's, his, that's his line? That, if that's his line. So, I think we're I'm not spoiling anything. If you have not watched, but I'm Chris Jericho, yeah. uh, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm that's not giving away the story arc. I know. I was joking. <laughs> I know you were. No, I feel uh, uh, <laughs> now, what was it? What was it like working with uh, Jericho? Was it easy to work with? Or? Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe we've had separate experiences. No, I'm just, uh, yeah, I was with him for the whole. I mean, we were shooting. We shot for what, five or six days, and so yeah, I was there for most of it. And uh, I mean, I was behind the scenes most of the time. But he, yeah, yeah, he was very easy. Very easy. Uh, you know, like. He knows what comedy is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like He, he knows how to, definitely knows how to perform. He's, he had yeah. some suggestions that really upped some stuff. And uh, so he was kind of a, you know, he was good to bounce ideas around with. Now, there is an episode where um, he walks out and he's sort of like, it's the last, I think it's the last episode. And he's sort of doing this dance on the way to set. Just oh, yeah, yeah, scene. yeah. And at some one point, he does the Mr. Perfect gum slap. He right. spits the gum out and he slaps it out of the air. Yeah. Whose idea was it to do that? Was I it somebody's that, idea or was that his, his own? I think or? that was Chris's idea. That's fantastic. Because I completely forgot about that slap. Oh, I've been doing gum, perfect gum slaps my entire life. <laughs> really? I've never stopped. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm, I'm very rarely successful. I, oh, I'm, I count to see how many in a row. The most I've done is 10 in a row. But in a row? Like, how much well, gum do like, you have in your mouth? No, I'm talking about no. It's like this is over like a month. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. done wow. I hit my last time. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm at three. My last <laughs> three gum spit outs have been perfect slaps. But before that, no miss, 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 miss. You know. So wait, what is it again? You have to hit it when it comes up, you, not when it comes. You, well, down. it depends on how uh, charismatic you want to be. Like yeah, you you spit the gum out of your mouth and then you slap it away while it's in midair. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can uh, also kick it away. 
I've done that one too. Perfect. Yeah. I've never seen do that. But sometimes things need to evolve. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just need to change it up a little bit. Yeah. I have yeah. a so. higher success rate if I just let it fall out of my mouth, like a, like a baby <laughs> spitting a pee, you know? Yeah. I'm more successful that way. If I have any kind of trajectory on my spit, it's over. I'm not going to hit that. I appreciate you getting the uh, plug out of the way because the, my plug, because that's, but I'm Chris Jericho is. Chris Jericho is like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But not he's only that, I'm like. I feel like we could be best friends because I'm 45 and he's like 40. I feel like we'd be in the same high school era together. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he'd be a couple of years and I would I would just idolize him in high school. I'm like, he's a senior and he's the best guy in the, in the school. Like, who else is the captain of the football team and is, sings in a rock band? You know, like, yeah. that's, yeah. like cool. his music style and what he likes musically. I agree with him 100% usually uh -huh. on everything. We a lot like of hard rock, music. a lot of metal. A lot of hard rock, a lot of metal, a lot of hair metal. Yeah. But then a lot of classic rock. And like, I've loved watching the evolution of his band as well uh -huh. into their latest success, which is their biggest album. Yeah, they're out there touring with Steel Panther, who are like the spinal tap of, yeah. of hair metal. <laughs> they're so yeah. funny. And they're so funny and so entertaining. Yeah, like, yeah. If there's a girl that wants to date me, I have one question. Do you like Steel Panther? <laughs> and would you have fun at a Steel Panther concert? And if the answer is no, I don't want anything to do with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's who I am. Hair metal and comedy. and, and It's little... so fascinating because you think that the comedy would undercut the music. It doesn't. And it doesn't. It, it doesn't. complements no. it so well. It's like, it's like unironic. Like... Well, they just keep doing, like, a lot of times they don't rip off, but... No. I like to say they borrow from certain band sounds that have already existed. Sure. Like, they, if you listen to the Steel Panthers' first album, there's a song that sounds like Bon Jovi, and there's a song that sounds like yeah. Warrant, and there's a song that sounds like Cinderella. They do it all. It's very, it's like heavily 80s influence. Oh. I haven't heard a ton of Steel, but stuff I've heard is... But it's like, great. Like, I've yeah, yeah. seen them seven or eight times. I see them every time they're in Toronto. I've, I went to LA to see them uh, at the Roxy. Which wow. is like the best because I'm I'm that age. Like it was my dream to go to the Sunset Strip and see a hair metal concert. I'm down in LA doing some podcasts, visiting some friends, and bam, they're playing on. A, actually, it was the night after the election. Oh, Trump got yeah. elected. It was the Tuesday night, so it was <laughs> yeah. like Need a lot of people up. needed to get lit up and happy yeah. because. Yeah. Was LA sure. was really sad. They legalized pot that oh my day. God, the whole city Nobody was cared. rocked. Nobody cared. Yeah. People were crying. I was like, oh my God, it's just the most depressing day to come to LA. It was such a weird, weird time. But that aside, I'm just saying Chris Jericho and I can be best friends. Um, yeah. Now you were also on in the first season. You were in the best episode in the first season. Oh. And the best episode in the second season. Yeah, lucky because me. Because you were in the you were in the classroom with the Scott Thompson oh, episode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Scott Thompson episode is fantastic. So funny. Yeah, Scott's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. As yeah. well as the Kevin McDonald episode too. The, mm -hmm. Kevin McDonald uh, from the Kids in the Hall is in the second yeah. season. So the next if when you do a next season is McKinney. We were talking about that. We were talking about that. Yeah, I'd love to get McKinney on. I think McKinney would be the logical oh, next, I, next you choice. I think so, yeah. Yeah, if we I, I I would love it if we did five seasons and we had a kid for every season. I think that would be the best thing ever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I guess like Kevin McDonald uh currently lives in Winnipeg. I mean he came from yeah. Winnipeg because yeah. he lives there with his girlfriend or Wife, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so that you know, and Jericho grew From up in Winnipeg, yeah, yeah, totally. You know? So they were they were bonding over that experience, and that was kind of a n neat thing to see. 
That's awesome. And yeah, because like, you know, Jericho grew up in Winnipeg and Kevin McDonald just chose to go live there. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I love that, man. I love that because honestly. You can live anywhere when you're in control yeah. of your career. You know? But you know what? But I feel like people f- think that they're not in control. Of, uh, this maybe isn't to do with wrestling, but like I just recently decided to not move to LA and I, that's what I've been working towards. And yeah. I was just like, I, I don't want, I'm not interested. No, it is wrestling related because there's a guy by the name of Kevin Owens, who yeah. is a French Canadian wrestler. He was on the indie scene forever, yeah. traveling out of Quebec yeah, and coming down and working like LA and stuff like that and working in Ring of Honor. And then he signed with WWE and they said, move to Florida because we're going to put you in an NXT. Yeah. But the minute he made the main roster to Raw, they called him up. He goes, I'm not doing NXT mode. And they're like, no, you're going to be up full time. Yeah. And he's like, can I move my family back to Canada? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the first thing he did was, honey, we're going home. Good. Amazing. And I didn't know lives, that. He lives in he lives in Quebec. Yeah. So now he goes, it doesn't matter where you fly out of. No. You still got to fly out of to go to work, right? Honestly, it's like, and that's, and I'm a writer. I can do, I can write anywhere. Yeah. You spend you know? a lot of your year in Halifax, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, I do. I so. mean, I like being in the room for writing, but like, uh, yeah, it's something I could, yeah. I don't need to be, uh, it, it took a while for me to reach this epiphany, but I don't think I ever really wanted to move to LA or at least I've, I've reached this point where it's like, eh, it's just not yeah. where I'm, where my head's at anymore. No. You know what I mean? Like well, it makes sense. Yeah. To move to LA and then start all over again at my age. Like I'm almost, you know, I'm 38 now and it's like, yeah. that idea is so unappealing. Like what I'm going to be like a 40 year old that sounds barista like, or you know i, I just don't oh, you better get your lift. green card if you're going to be a barista yeah wow well, that's what i was working towards. maybe you can be a lift <laughs> driver maybe. no no i get a working visa yeah just, just to be a barista <laughs> that's be that's my yeah, yeah your special yeah. skill and you had to and you had to show that you're you had a special comedy talent to be a barista yeah yeah, yeah 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 so i can chat yeah. people up and misspell their names on purpose well there's a i don't know if you've been to the starbucks on sunset lambray but it looks like there are many, many managers in there on their computers holding meetings. No doubt. It's like the most Hollywood fucking, like even the homeless guys outside are on fucking iPads and shit like that, stealing Starbucks (laughs) Wi-Fi. And they're asking for change. I'm like, no, you're on an iPad. You can't have change. It's an old iPad. It's an old old iPad. Yeah, it's, it's not, iPad it's, Mini. They don't make those. It's anymore. an edge of sketch. Yeah. It's, so, it's so weird when somebody asks me for change and they're dressed better than I am. Yeah, I always look at it their happens. shoes. All the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like exactly. I look, I look at, their at their shoes too, and I'm like, those are new pair of kicks, man. Yeah, you don't need money. No, yeah. fuck that shit. I don't know. So, um, Mark, yeah, you were at uh, Raw 25. I was. I was gonna say you were also in Fever Pitch with Jimmy Fallon, who's also at Raw 25. But oh, I forgot yes. to work that segue oh, in. So you, That's you right. guys shared the. State you guys well, we were in state. different we were in you different were in the Manhattan uh, Center. Yeah, I was for sure in the and, venue. Oh, I see. And uh, and he was in the main venue, slumming it up with the stars. Right, he's right. a real WWE kiss butter. Like he I should say kisser? he's real he's a kiss. He's a real ass kisser. But um <laughs> he's very supportive of the WWE. He has like out of all the talk shows, late night talk shows, they feature the WWE the most. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is the best because it it's the Tonight Show. Conan is also fantastic love. with wrestlers yeah. too. But it's also it's NBC, right? It is NBC. Yes, and, and they're of all course buds. NBC is always buds with that. Uh, but yeah. Coco's not NBC anymore. Is he still doing wrestling stuff? He still has guys yeah, like yeah, Cena yeah. and major wrestlers yeah, on, good. of course. So Raw twenty five. Now now tell me about the Raw twenty five. How did you end up there? 
how much how much did did you pay for tickets how much did you pay for tickets what's oh, yeah. tell me we'll start with that uh well i mean how much did i pay for tickets well let's just uh, how did you end up there like what made you decide like how did oh. you decide on going down for it and- as soon as they said they were doing raw 25 at the manhattan center yeah i said i'm buying tickets okay like straight away and then i had a hard time getting tickets on ticketmaster because ticketmaster is bullshit is yeah. bullshit i i mean I've got so many stories of trying to buy tickets on Ticketmaster and them just not coming through. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm a verified fan for certain things. Like, you, you pre-sign up and you get your credit card and everything's fine. And then when it comes time to actually purchase, because I'm in Canada, they won't let me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's the most frustrating thing. So, I ended up buying my tickets for not too much more than what they were selling them for on StubHub. Okay. Uh, so, I got I got my tickets on StubHub. I think I ended up spending about 1300 bucks. Yeah. American. Okay. By the time it was done. And, but it was really good seats, right? Oh, they were front row balcony. Yeah, you were right. Which is, which is exactly where I wanted to sit when I was younger watching those episodes of Raw. Oh, me too. Yeah. And when I was watching those episodes of Raw, I said, front row balcony is where I want to sit for one of these things. That's amazing. So, I got those tickets and then, yeah, we, my girlfriend and I went for a week. <sighs> That's awesome. That's yeah. Well, not now, quite a week. Where are you almost. now? What was, because uh, we all saw what they had uh, there, like, what were your thoughts on The Undertaker? Like, why didn't they not turn out the lights? Like, why does Bray Wyatt get no lights, but The Undertaker comes out with house lights on? Honestly, I think they figured that mistake out as The Undertaker was walking out. Because they never used to turn the lights off at that place, and I don't think they were ready to do so. Okay. I, I don't think that that was a thing that they had planned to do. Yeah. And so when The Undertaker came out, it was just, this is just how it always ran at the Manhattan Center. If you go back and watch those, Mm -hmm. he always just walked out. Everybody just walked out and there was no pyro. God, imagine having pyro in that venue. We'd all burn to the ground. Yeah. But yeah, there was no lighting. There was no pyro. He just came out. And I think that whoever was in that venue producing, if it was Triple H or whoever it was, must have felt what everybody in that room felt, that there was no special entrance for the undertaker yeah so that's when i think they gave it to bray Wyatt and they gave it to dx but like what about the matches like you barely got any matches yeah i like mean what they were they ran matches during commercials or something like that yeah and even during there was some stuff we ended up watching the show when we got home mm-hmm. like a, a replay of the show and we saw like the stuff that we missed so there was there were times where stuff was going on at barclay and we were getting cruiserweight matches which our crowd was not happy about no i was pleased as punch though i uh i mean i was having a great time top to bottom yeah watching the other fans freak out in anger was very funny to me watching <laughs> grown men dressed as dressed as uh, dead wrestlers freak yeah. out over anything yeah is is really awesome i it's didn't like, see now they were dressing as dead wrestlers well there's always guys that dress up like there's a guy dressed up as irs he's not dead but there's no, a guy no, dressed no. up as hulk hogan who's dead to them right. you know oh, uh, that was one of my favorite chants was we want hogan no we don't in the oh really uh, we, got, we got a lot of chants that you didn't hear on tv who is the louder of the we want hogan no we don't no we don't no we don't was louder yeah i don't know if it's I it didn't know. start louder but it got louder I do want Hogan. Yeah, I, what, what's, I do. What's with the? Uh, well, they banned Hogan because he was in a the Gawker video that was released. Well, yeah, up but he won that case, right? Yeah, but I he, mean, he, he basically still, yeah, but he, he still, still said, said the N word privately. In That's a, true, right? You know, and, right, and so right, yeah, you know, but I forgot he, about that. But he's been saying brother for years. <laughs> oh, oh no, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> you're like right. In a, yeah, in a thesaurus world, <laughs> you know, sure. I'm just saying, like. 
I don't think Hulk Hogan's racist. I think he was very insecure and very at a low point in his life. Yeah. And he used the wrong word at the wrong time. Yeah. You know, like if he was racist, he wouldn't be friends with the junkyard dog. He wouldn't be friends with like he wouldn't work with Bad News Brown. Yeah. He wouldn't want to wrestle Papa Shango. Papa Shango or Kamala. Yeah. You know, it's just like he was a racist would not work with any of these people. Because why yeah. would you want to elevate something that you hate? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense. But yet Hulk Hogan did it all the time. And it's so stupid because Vince McMahon, there's a gif of him walking up to John Cena saying, Ma N word. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. on Hulk Hogan is out of the Hall of Fame because of the way he, it happened with him. But then you know the president of the United States is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and he's yeah. Going around grabbing pussies and fucking yeah. just yeah, it's you know it's 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 a it's I just think it's time to bring him back. I think that a lot of people want him back. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's too problematic. I I honestly th- I think there are too many people that don't want to see him back, and I think even if there is a vocal minority that doesn't want him back, why would it? Why would you ever? He's not worth that much money. I don't think he's worth that much money anymore to them. No, I don't think so either. But it's just he deserves to have a home, and the greatest he's got a home. The guy's a millionaire. He'll yeah, be fine. Well, yeah, yeah but it, do you believe in like sort of uh, what what do you call a come not a comeuppance, but like a resurgence or? I think with time, everything is, I mean, you know. You know, it's like, I mean, it's not the same thing, but like Jake the Snake's was like basically. The resurrection, yeah. But Jake the the Snake did his time. He did. He absolutely. He paid paid for everything that he did to himself and to other people, I think. Yeah. For like, what, 15 years? 20 years? Longer. Who knows? He was in obscurity for so long. Yeah. And now he's just like, I haven't seen that documentary, but I want to because it's on Netflix. Yeah. I love Jake the Snake. Yeah. It's it's a really good documentary because the Beyond the Mat documentary that basically made him look the worst that he's ever looked. Yeah. They set him up in that documentary because they wanted a story. Also, Razor Ramon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, they don't say this. They're like, and then and we got to the hotel and Jake disappeared and didn't come out of his room. It's like, yeah. no, they bought him crack and yeah. sent him to his room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Jake says the truth is. They sure. bought right. me crack and they sent me to my room and I went and got high because they said, go get high. And then... Who bought him crack? The Beyond the Mac guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They're, make, they're creating Because they're creating right. what yeah. they want. They're, you know... Yeah, yeah, And yeah. that's why I'm not... I, I love the movie Beyond the Mat, but at the same time, it's just it's, like... It's not genuine. No, right? it's no... Uh, it's no beyond uh, wrestling with, with shadows. Wrestling with shadows, yeah. which is the greatest wrestling documentary. Mick Foley's in Beyond the Mat a lot, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they do show... you have issues with Mick Foley? No, I love Mick Foley. Oh, Mick Foley's great. Yeah, yeah he's going to be in town soon. I read his. I read his first book. His first book is long and, and it, solid. It's great. Yeah, I loved everything I read about yeah. that, and then I immediately started watching the Hell in a Cell, the the the, the famous the, one, the most famous match. Mm-hmm. The most grueling match I've ever seen. Like, I bought the Mankind DVD box set. Yeah. And immediately just watched that. And it's like a 30-minute long match or whatever. And it's like, it's torturous what they're doing to each other. But it's like. Amazing. It's, I've never seen anything. Like it? No. And like, I, I don't think I will again. But when, he, when he throws him. Through the cage, yeah, not off the cage. No, through, through the cage. Bodies choke slams him, right? And he's just and he's looking down at him, <laughs> like he's, he's like, probably what? like he's probably probably thinking, please move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, move after all of this. Oh my god! And I think 
if I remember correctly, Undertaker was wrestling on a sprained ankle or a broken ankle. Mm-hmm. Like he was entering that match already. Yeah, injured. In, already injured. And what a lot of people don't remember is uh, Mick Foley came out and did a run-in in the main event later on that <laughs> night. Did he really? Yes. Oh, I I forgot that part. He, yeah. yeah, well, that's crazy, though. It's, it's like he, insane. Like, it's The fact is, is it, everything after the first fall yeah. is crazy. Yes. The first fall itself is all you needed in that match. And then everything. And then they go back up top. I'm like, why are you going back yeah. up top? Like, take a break. And then everything that happens <laughs> in the match, like. But then, where, then they're on the ground and then they're writhing. He's writhing around for a while. And then he gets the sack of tax. Some tax. And I'm like, no, yeah. you're done. I know. It's like, yeah, I, uh, I couldn't the, take it. The best was at the end of the match, apparently backstage. He said to the Undertaker, he's like, hey, did I ever get to use those tacks? And his arm is like covered in tacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, you had no idea. That is I, that is a good example of a guy who like completely sacrificed. Everything. Everything. For the industry. For entertaining. And if you Ugh. see him walk, like do a comedy show, he when he walks out, fine. Yeah. But you see him backstage and nobody's looking. He, hobbling. He, he, hobbling yeah. and like sore. And he must be in pain all the time yeah i would think his body must be in pain well it's great that he lost all this weight like yeah. he lost 100 pounds through ddp yeah so he was uh, uh uh at a independent wrestling thing that i went to in halifax uh, hmm. uh two or three years ago or even four maybe and uh it was you know like local wrestlers but they yeah. also brought in Colcabana. that's right and I hadn't heard of Colcabana. He's got point. the number one wrestling podcast. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, Joe Rogan of wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah. And he's funny. I've heard him on Doug Love's movie. He's he's great. great. Yeah. And watching his match with, I think it was a local guy, right? That would work out, right? Yeah. Or yeah. you don't, you, or do you bring your own guy to? No, no. Wrestle? You bring if, if no. Sometimes you put your best guy against the guy. The yeah, guy yeah. That okay. Yeah. 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 So the rest, it's a great match. You know, there was some up and down matches that mm-hmm. night. There was some. <laughs> boring ones but <laughs> that match was uh, one of my favorite things happened you know it's a, it's a crowded room people are loving this stuff mm-hmm. at one point the guy swings him against the ropes and he runs against the ropes you know so it's a meet in the middle or whatever i don't know the terminology but uh uh Cabana just stops in his tracks and yells stop as the guys yeah adam he's just screams stop holds us the guy stops and then he just delivers this crazy big slap in his face that you could hear around the hole and it was the funniest thing i'd ever seen and everybody oh, oh yeah <laughs> okay, oh it yeah. was it was amazing yeah indie shows just have a feel to them especially the fans that go out and support indie shows they're very loyal mm-hmm. and uh Oh yeah. my God! Some there's, of the chance. There's a community yeah. in Halifax. It's nice. that's great. Well, Halifax, the Maritimes have a rich tradition of wrestling. Yeah. the The Rock's father is from Amherst. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I always, I, you know, the, the Rock obviously didn't see. The Rock might be really smart now. Yeah. But um, when he came up to play in the CFL, he played as an American import. And right. he got cut because he wasn't worth being an American import because yeah, yeah, he didn't yeah. have the talent level that an yeah. American import needs to be. He only had Canadian football level talent. Right. <laughs> the fact is, if he would have just said, I'm also Canadian and get his Canadian yeah. shit together, 
because his dad's Canadian, so he's Canadian. Could you imagine? Then we wouldn't have The Rock. He would have been in the CFL for eight years. There'd be The Rock. Like there'd be no Attitude Era. $25,000 a year. There'd be no or, Jumanji. Every, everything would be different. Yeah. The, the way, whole world would be different. Yeah. Did you guys watch Jumanji? I have yes. not seen it yet. Yeah, okay, what I are you, what, just I thought it was a great time. I, laughed, I loved it. I laughed a bunch. I wrote I a joke it. about it. I said, did you see The Rock in his new movie? He plays a Jewish man having lunch in Montreal. <laughs> it's called Jumanger. <laughs> and manger is French uh, for uh, eating out there for yeah, all yeah. you Americans. It's a bilingual <laughs> joke because Canada is a bilingual country. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Praise I'm, Canada. I don't know why CBC hasn't bought that joke off me yet. <laughs> it's Canadian hand. Like, how many bilingual jokes do you have out there? You know, like, I can't count to 10 because I have a wheat allergy. That's another van. That's another bilingual one, joke. Thank you. But CBC didn't buy that C- one? No, no. Nobody's buying these jokes for me. I didn't know that CBC was buying jokes. I don't know. Just if random jokes? jokes. Yeah. Just random jokes. <laughs> Are just you, got a database maybe, going. Maybe that's why they're not buying your jokes. Because oh, yeah. they're not in the joke mar- buying jokes. markets. They're like, you're like, well, we already got why Derek Sagan, this? and he's plenty bilingual yeah. enough. He's he's English with a French accent. So, you know. Is this like a reply all? <laughs> no, <laughs> just yeah. saying it to everybody. I said Tracy Ryder. I keep on saying it to Tracy Ryder. She never replies to any of the stuff. Where's this guy what about my this inbox one with one-liners? <laughs> <laughs> with one-liner bilingual one-liners. <laughs> it's just specifically like, yeah. Burn on you. Tracy Rideout's listening to this podcast right now. I know. She probably get, is. They just played email. my LOL two days ago on CBC. Oh, so nice. I was pretty happy with that. I get some emails. What did you think of DX at the 25th anniversary? Uh, oh, the whole time, <laughs> there was this kid sitting behind us. And he kept running down the aisle and he was dressed in head to toe DX gear, like (laughs) hat, jersey. Uh, He had, he brought his own uh, glow sticks from home. And I, I, I took so many pictures of him because he was leaning against the railing, just so depressed that they hadn't come out yet. And that like Steve Austin showed up at Barclay and it seemed like Barclay was getting a bunch of stuff and we weren't. Mm-hmm. And he was, so there's, I have all these pictures of this sad little kid. Oh, that's the best. He's not little. He, he was like 19 or 20, <laughs> but, but he looked like he was 15 Yes, and he's just like sad with his chin resting on his hand looking down forlorn and it just says degenerate on his back and he's holding glow sticks anyway it's very funny to me Uh, dx was great and there was a bunch of stuff that wasn't televised like nobody saw rick flair come out rick no yeah yeah rick Rick flair came out uh there was a bunch of stuff that people didn't see uh jeff hardy came out uh after the matt hardy match and everybody chanted brother nero and he led a sing-along of the obsolete theme song that's right uh and the whole place was going mental like anytime we got something the place went crazy it's just that none of this stuff was captured by the cameras on no the saddest thing for me was that the cameras didn't capture our continuous barclay sucks chants for the first half of the show we were chanting barclay sucks until we realized we weren't getting anything maybe even less than half and then we just started chanting give us something Yes, yeah. I did. And then, that. and then we got, we got something was another chant when Bray Wyatt came out. But I mean, here's the thing, just going back to the other point I was going to make was that if the show was amazing, if the show was nonstop incredible and Barclay got all of it, I'd probably be in a bad mood about it. Yeah. But here's the thing. The show was just okay. I mean, at best, like what did we miss out on at Barclay? We missed out on a, a what a three segment six woman tag match 
No, the only thing you really missed was and that the Apollo Cruise and the Apollo Cruise match. Who no. cares? Like when I look back on Raw twenty five, I look back and I remember Stone Cold at the start, stunning Shane twice, stunning Vince, and then uh, a bunch of reunions happening at uh, the Manhattan Center. And then, like, I don't remember, maybe the last match was Braun and Brock or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we were watching that on the screens, and it was really entertaining to watch DX standing in the ring, watching the the screens. Beating Roman Reigns for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the Miz showed up at the Miz Center. But then the Miz, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got, like, a little, you know, a little altercation there. But uh, the DX reunion was incredible. Like, people, like, people were losing their minds the entire time and you knew everybody was there like you knew everybody was going to show up well, but every time they announced well not everybody maybe, Kevin like, Nash wasn't there but no but he just had knee surgery so he couldn't be there yeah but you know who knew that Billy Gunn was going to be there he had just recently been suspended for WWE for PEDs right but I heard that he was going to I heard that the New Age Outlaws were going to show up okay well and, so you just, Road Dog is already there and backstage anyways yeah. And, so. and yeah exactly so they're, they're for sure just going to bring him in did X-Pac look fucked up to you he didn't look I mean like from where I was sitting he seemed fine yeah uh, and the fact that the crowd was chanting one two three at him was it was great was awesome yeah yeah because like who doesn't remember one two three kid versus Razor Ramon in that building. Oh yeah, that was and arguably the most memorable moment of the early Raw, at least for me. One two three uh, went on to wrestle Bret Hart for the title mm-hmm. in that building. Like it was really weird having a, a 25 anniversary of Raw without Bret Hart, especially in the Manhattan Center. Yeah, you know because for a great part of the 90s, Bret Hart was their champ, was the guy. Yeah, and he's had so many great matches on those early Raws and. Uh, just fantastic. Yeah, to have a little sparring war with him and Jerry Lawler. Jerry was there, so it would have been yeah. a, a nice thing for sure. Oh, my God. I watched this uh, on YouTube the other night. The thir- WWE just released it on the network, and it's, and it's on YouTube. And it's uh, Bret Hart night in Calgary. Where they, they made a Bret Hart day in the city of uh, Calgary. And there was a big proclamation from the mayor. And it was a celebration. And they brought out Jerry Lawler hosted it. So the first guest they brought out was Pat Patterson. And Pat Patterson got on his knee to pay Brett homage. And then Brett said, I get nervous whenever Pat gets on his knees. Oh, around no. Him. And no. I was like, oh, no. Why would you say that? Uh. Why do you have to say? Apparently, he apologized the next day on Twitter and stuff. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, come on, homophobe. Like, yeah. come on. You're, oh, geez. You can't be the best there is, was, and will yeah, be yeah. with that attitude. You know, and I, I'm uh, your day of days. Yeah, <laughs> just like but those guys are probably so used to joking around with. Each oh, other. I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. So it's just such a different. But it's time. just like people aren't brought into that relationship. Yeah, or, that's the know. thing. Yeah. But and also, or that mentality that you carry with. So they bring out him, Pat Patterson first. Then they bring out Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho's like, uh, "We've never actually teamed up or wrestled each other, but uh, you know, and I've always wanted to be a heart, and I." I stampede blah 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 it goes on and he tells a story about how you know brett had a you had a, a match with bulldog it was going to be a pay-per-view and you came in the locker room and had a stampede card and you're like any of you kids got any ideas and i said ah oh, what about this and i he's like show me how it's done i showed you how it's done then two nights later i watched the pay-per-view and then brett hart does the, what i what i told him i can't believe i had input like that uh, that i gave you the finish and he's like oh, i know a I knew a good finish when I when I heard one. So he sort of like Jericho reveals that he wrote the ending to the match, not Brad, and sort of exposes Brad. Doesn't make Brad. Brad's like, oh, yeah, you know. And then the next person to come out 
is Shawn Michaels. And uh, they're okay now. But then Shawn Michaels is like, every great hero has had a great villain. And then he says, it's, it was our honor being your Lex Luthor. And they could just tell Brett was like not digging any of the shit that he's saying. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, he still had that like. And then Vince comes out. And then it's like just a dad talking to his kid. And it's kind of awkward at times. It's very good to watch, but it'd be good, even better if you like were a psychologist and you were just analyzing Brett's yeah. emotions on his face <laughs> as each person comes out and how he's like. It's like a, it sounds like a, a roast, but just from having some it's of those not, people it, there. They were just trying to pay honor. I know, I know. You should, you should get Brett like, on the show. I would love to get Brett on the show. Um, you know he hangs out at Comedy Bar when he's in town. I 100% know he hangs out at Comedy Bar. And I love that he goes there because, number one, he knows a lot of the people. And number two, I don't think people really bother him, but yet they like to hear wrestling stories and he indulges, does he not? Yeah. Yeah, he does, yeah. So, he likes to hold court. Yeah. 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 So, that's fantastic like yeah. loved Brett. yeah he's great he was always my favorite wrestler of all time and he'd always give his wraparound shades to somebody and i just love that about yeah him. i have an original my original pair are autographed and signed and framed nice of, yeah amazing i uh because i as a kid i always loved wrestlers that did stuff after the match yeah you know to the beaten guy like i loved brutus the barber beefcake because he'd cut their hair or like jake the snake <laughs> would always just put his snake on them yeah or ted dibiase <laughs> sticking the, the money in yeah. his throat yeah yeah I yeah it's all, and virgil but, taking the money and yeah, putting yeah, it in his yeah. pocket <laughs> for lunch yeah exactly <laughs> real true bit but yeah Brett was doing this shit for the man oh yeah 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 just wrap around sh- just to show he's like the best guy around i used to always love that he never took off his glasses either the anvil did it for him <laughs> like he would just stand there and he would like, you know, fill the glasses back. So Yeah, yeah. I have a video uh, from one time when uh, a bunch of, Brett was in town, we were all having dinner. And I, I had just enough to drink to ask him, I had a pair of sunglasses in my, in my pocket. I was like, can you just, can you just put these on me? Yes. And he did not get what I was going for at all until there's video of it. <laughs> and I put, I'm, he puts the glasses on me and I'm just this big idiot smile on my face. And I look towards the camera and you see him go, Oh, that's what you're doing. Because yeah. <laughs> we'd all been drinking, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I just yeah. random question: Can you put these sunglasses on me at nighttime? Oh yeah, <laughs> like you're a weirdo. He just gave me yeah. the weirdest look. The best promo that I've ever done for this show, when I do promos for them and stuff like that, was I had Ted DiBiase on. He was the first wrestler that I got on. Amazing. And uh, Ted, and, yeah, I love Ted. And so I had him on, and I said, "Hey, would you mind doing this short little video with me?" He goes, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Well, what I want to do is." I'm going to try to eat three Pringles chips in a row. And you're going to say, if I eat three Pringles chips in a row, you'll give me $100. And then on the, on the third chip, you just knock it out of my hand and then just do your laugh. And then I'll just throw it to the show. That's awesome. And so and he's like, okay. And so we do it in one, two takes. And it's perfect. And he actually says after he slaps it, he laughs. He goes, I love it. Like he, ah. he, he literally loved doing the promo. Because yeah. once he saw what I was going for, he knew what I was. I'm yeah. like, I want the vintage million dollar man kicking the basketball away from the black kid. You know, <laughs> I didn't have to say black kid, but it's black history month. It's black history month. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, uh, that's why and, you would say that. And, yeah. yeah. And that kid <laughs> went on to actually be uh, a collegiate and European basketball player. 
Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good yeah. for him. Ted DiBiase ran into him later in life at That's a the best car story. rental place. <laughs> and the kid's like, you don't remember me, do you? He's like, no. And he's like, I'm the basketball kid. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You've actually grew up to play basketball. He's like, look at the yeah, six, yeah. seven, you know. Like, Amazing. Yeah. He touched him. He did. He did touch him. Uh, uh, I love can I, can I say one more thing about Raw 25 that was yes. something that I didn't. I didn't plan out was uh, I had booked our hotel uh, and when we got into New York realized that our hotel was attached to the Manhattan Center okay oh good and all of the wrestlers were staying in our hotel oh that's the oh, best nice. uh, after the show uh, we went back to put our we got our we got to keep our seats yeah which was I didn't know what to do with them but we took them and uh, Shane McMahon was in the lobby mm-hmm uh, and then when we were trying to leave, we were going to go to Crift Dogs to get a snack after because we'd had a few beers. We we're going to get a snack and we couldn't leave the hotel because they locked down the lobby because transport had just shown up. Yeah. And in walks Mean Gene, who looks right at us and goes, where's the bar? <laughs> we're like, I don't know. Uh, Eric Bischoff, the boogeyman still in character. That's awesome. uh, Christian was there. Uh, JBL and Farouk were there. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, the list was endless. There were so many guys that all streamed in and the place was a zoo. And it was just fluke. Just happened to be the hotel we were staying at. Had no idea. Oh my God. That's the best. Yeah. Oh, and did you party with them? No. <laughs> no, that's just not my i mean like i know a bunch of people that would because i knew exactly where they were and i yeah. knew the bar like the they were all in the hotel bar of course rick uh, flair was probably buying rounds yeah maybe yeah he spelt he he says he's spent more money on spilled drinks than you have on in your entire life How yeah, is well, he he's doing? probably right i think he's all he right. seemed fine yeah. oh that's another thing so well, he, you've seen him in person so yeah, yeah how's he, he seemed looking? he seemed great yeah, uh, I mean, he was walking he a little was slow, like, but uh, it was sketchy there for a little bit, right? Yeah, well, they, they had to go. put him into a coma. Yeah. Uh, I know because actually we were shooting uh, Jericho. Jericho at the time. Yeah, and that alert came on my phone, and I was like, "Oh boy!" And then Chris is like, "Yeah, I heard that it's not going well for him yeah. right now." The man, but, uh, the man will never die. He will never die. I'm, I've, yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah, Legends it's incredible. Forever. Yeah. So when he was in the ring, he cuts this long promo. And he's basically naming off everybody in the ring. He talks about Triple H, says something nice about Triple H, says something really nice about Shawn Michaels, uh, and then he talks about uh, Billy Gunn and the Road Dog. And he, I mean, he says something nice about One Two Three yeah. Kid, Razor Ramon. He says something nice about everybody, and then he goes on this long speech about how these men are wrestlers. A lot of people in the world claim to be wrestlers, but these men, these men are wrestlers. And it's just so, it was the most passionate, beautiful yeah. speech that you could have possibly given. And he, he looks and talks to everybody. And then he looks at um, uh, Anderson and Gallows and goes, and you two guys, you're lucky to be here. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and like, they were so, the two guys were so humble and like, they, you know, hat in hand, they heads bowed and they were like, yes, yes, we know, sir. Yes, yes. But I mean, the place went silent. It was so awkward. Like, so maybe funny. you just don't say anything then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe don't say anything about no. those guys if that's what you're going to well, do. Do you not remember? Like, okay, so Jim Ross got fired over this. You can watch it on YouTube. It's the introduction of, a, there's a new video game coming out, WWE 2K16 or whatever. Daniel Bryan's on the cover. So Daniel Bryan is amongst a panel of legends. Flair, Hogan, Stone Cold, like, uh, they're, they're all on this thing. And Flair keeps on like, 
you're even lucky to be here, kid. Like, he's just talking down to Daniel Bryan. Like, Daniel Bryan does not deserve to be on panel with all these legends. Wow. Even though he was the biggest thing. It's just like, Rick, go watch a Daniel Bryan match. Just go yeah, watch yeah, yeah, one yeah. match, and yeah. then you shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. Anyway, we I'm excited um, for the future. We yeah. oh the future, yeah. Who knows what? Holds. Who knows what's going to happen? That whole, uh, well, whole thing is very exciting for. Me. I would love. I know what I would love for him to do, and it would be go into Ring of Honor in New Japan, and oh, yeah, and sure. have uh, dream matches against Okada yep. and Kenny and sure. Cody and you know everything. They can do everything with him. And if CM Punk. I only want him to get his butt kicked in his next MMA fight, his UFC fight that he has this summer. <laughs> yep, yeah. Because I want to see him back in Japan as I, well. That I, might hope be he, I hope he wins one I don't and ever, still shows up. I don't ever want him to come back to the WWE. I just think it'd be better for him to stay away but come back to wrestling. Sure. Now, we agreed that we're going to do the great top 10 tag teams of all time. It was all of all time. No, no, not all time. No, sorry, my bad. Top tag teams of the 80s. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. Oh, yes. yeah. oh, That's a God. very different list. No, me. these lists are very different. Yeah. So this is the 80s. I'll start off uh, with my two, and then we'll work our way around, okay. and we'll do two at a time. Okay. So my... my we we're going from the... Is this in any particular order? We're starting at 10 and going down to okay. one. Okay. Okay. So at number 10, again, a uh, big supporter of, uh, of February and uh, Black History Month. <laughs> uh, so I'm going at number 10, the Soul Patrol, uh, WWF champs, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. Uh, a little bit of Canadian Anna in there with Rocky Johnson. And at number uh, nine, uh, uh, one of the most underrated tag teams of all time, and uh, never get any credit, five-time NWA champs, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood. So those are my first two uh, top ten of the 80s. Uh, Mark, what do you have? Okay, I just want to say, I want to preface this list by... I have a hard time doing top tens because the order of things. Yes. I if I if I dwell on it, I'll be there forever and I go crazy. I'm a yeah. little I'm a little crazy on that stuff. So the order is a little bit for me, it's a little bit I, I fudge the order. That's all just, yeah. just because I, I couldn't otherwise sometimes I just I want you trouble. to know that I'm not committing to this top ten. So although I'm, my number I'm, one yeah, is for I, sure number okay. one. Also, another caveat is I leave out any uh, mega duos, like the like the mega powers. Of course, mega that's, not a, that's hardly a tag team. Yeah, All right, you're not well, allowed to say that, your, do that your favorite <laughs> well, tag that's, team. But it's that's, I'm just saying yeah, this is mine. Yeah, yeah, this is mine. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you tell me that your favorite tag team of all time is the Rock Rock and Sock connection, I don't know how I feel. Okay. So, you know what I mean? I, so, I don't have them well, on That's there. not in the 80s. No, I know, but uh, I'm just but, saying yeah, of all yeah. time. But yeah, of all time. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, so having said that, my number 10 is The Machines. Okay. And uh, number nine is uh, the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Oh, I love the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Yeah. I love it. I love them. I love them because I grew up watching them in Montreal wrestling. I've, I lived in Ottawa, so I grew up watching Montreal wrestling. Yep. But uh, they did not make my list uh, because this is not my favorite tag teams list, which they would link my favorite tag teams. But this is, to me, is the top 10 best tag team. So I'm going by Oh, I by see. I did, I did favorites. See, well, that's, that's something, too, because it's your top 10. It's my top 10. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, But I didn't say greatest or favorites. But I, I'm trying to go with greatest over favorites because of my favorites, I would have certain teams as number one instead of number three. Oh, well, now so, now my list might be. Well, they're all debatable. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's, that's all the show is. And also, 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 nobody uh, got my joke that the machines, after I said no mega teams, that the machines were number ten, which were clearly Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan in masks. Well, no, oh, wait a minute. Okay. No, well, wait I didn't. No, well, here's the bulk of it. The bulk <laughs> of the machines yeah. was Big Machine and Super Machine, yeah. as well as Andre or Hogan or whatever machine they had. The Piper Machine was in there too at one time. Piper Machine. 
but the bulk of the two team was the mass superstar and blackjack mulligan and those are both tag wrestlers blackjack right, okay, mulligan fair enough the, two i was trying to make a joke well <laughs> and all, i'm sorry it was my mistake well i nerded out there for a second. yeah okay bob I, who you I, got? I feel like i want to qualify my list too because listen i i am not a you know like uh i've Loved wrestling in the 80s, and then I kind of fell off after that. So, my memory's a little stunted. I also picked some team-ups. That's all right. In, in my memory, I remember these yeah, things. Yeah, you know your heart, man. You're fine. Just go. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So, number 10. There's no wrong answer. Number 10 is a team-up that okay. I was like, I remember seeing this, but I don't. And so, I had to look stuff up. And it's Hillbilly Jim and Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. <laughs> three-man tag. It was a three-man tag, but I remember Hillbilly Jim and Junkyard Dog yeah. teaming up. I don't, I don't remember Tito Santana being a part of that, but apparently that's what it was because that's who I Googled and that's what came up. But uh, that's my number 10. And, uh, and then number nine is a Natural Disasters. Yeah, <laughs> nice. But they're fantastic. Yeah, they're, and they're fun to watch. And yeah. They're fun to watch. And I remember, like, I remember when they brought Earthquake in. Like, he was just Amazing. an audience member, right? That they were oh, yeah. going to have... I forget who. It was Duke a mountain Butch. man. They were going to have someone prove their strength by doing push-ups with Earthquake sitting on them. You yeah. know what I mean? Dino Bravo did the push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Dino Bravo, he, it was also on Royal Rumble where he was doing the... He, the, he always proving his strength. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he had to constantly prove his strength. Like, what you couldn't look at him. Yeah. He's built like a brick shithouse. And then you Earthquake... can't tell that he's not strong. Yeah. Didn't and then Earthquake just jumped weird on weird circumstances, too? Dino Nothing Bravo. weird about 17 bullet holes in the chest. <laughs> That's what it was. He was shot, yeah. He was so, murdered gangland style. Good so, grief. Typhoon yes. and Earthquake, Natural Disaster is my number nine. All nice. right. That brings me to eight, and... Uh, Let's see. Eight. These guys slipped in. I was, okay, originally I had in this spot Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. But the fact is, uh, Stan Hansen remained awesome with with Terry Gordy later on. And um, I don't know. I just thought this, these guys coming in in 1989, winning the NWA championship in 1989. It's only the last year, but who they beat, the Freebirds. I got to say the Steiner brothers. Because, number one, they're brothers. Number two, they're real wrestlers, collegiate wrestlers. And number three, you know, they were just always entertaining to watch. So the Steiners are my, are my, number, um, my number seven. And my number six, uh, the Midnight Express. Hold on, you missed eight, right? No, sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's number eight. eight. Seven. Yeah, oh, eight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven. Oh, yeah. So eight is the, wait. Steiner Brothers. Yeah, eight is the Steiner Brothers. Yeah. I should have put numbers on these. Uh, <laughs> seven is the Midnight Express, particularly my favorite being Jim Cornette's Midnight Express with, uh, with Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane, NWA champs, as well as AWA, NWA US. So those are my uh, next two guys. Nice. Legends. Yeah. Me? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so my next two, uh, number eight, is uh, the Young Stallions. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. Jim Powers and Paul Roman. I, I loved the Young Stallions. Young Stallions. They, with that off the ropes power, like power slam finish is great. And in case you didn't know, Jim Powers fucked that team up. Right. He was, he was a big time alcoholic, boozer, yep. while Paul Roma was on the straight and narrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Jim Powers thought he could go out and drink with the Bulldogs every night. And they're like, uh, they're the Bulldogs. Yeah. We're Young Stallion. Yeah, yeah. They basically just got a step up from prelim because they were soda, soda, you know, soda cans. Yeah. But w- once they had something though. And Paul Roma's career was fine after the Young Stallions forever. Which, which leads me to number seven. Power and glory. Power and glory. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And 
a great tag team that is very underrated because people forget about Hercules and Roman and they power and glory. What a great, what a great name. Yeah. And great sunglasses and great mm-hmm. sunglasses and li- and a great use of lightning bolts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So wait, what was your number eight? Uh, young stallions. Oh, young stallions. And right, then right, double right. Paul oh, Roma yeah. shot. Paul Roma coming in. Uh, so this, okay. So I think they were called money Inc. Yes. Uh, now that's a team that's thrown together. That was yeah. that, great. That I would, yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I almost I'm really upset that maybe Money Inc. should replace the Steiners on my list. Oh yeah. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. First of all, I love Ted DiBiase. He was my one of my favorite heels growing up. He's a fan. But also, so I I think IRS is hilarious. Yeah. Erwin R. <laughs> Scheister. And uh, and I kind of loved watching him wrestle. And I he was always a good wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always great. He just had like the silliest character to wrestle in. Even without being IRS, he was good as Mike Rotundo himself. Yeah. Whether it be in Varsity Club or whether it be with Barry Windham. Yeah. You know, he was always a fantastic wrestler. But just the idea of wrestling, like looking like you know, yeah, uh, you're suiting the tie. guy from Falling, Michael Douglas from Falling. Yeah, yeah, Down. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like that's what you're dressing like. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're the you you do the million dollar man's taxes, so now you know he's corrupt. Even worse, he's it's like I picture I, I picture it. IRS being Donald Trump's tax account. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. There might be and a picture where you can find them together. There has to there, be. there must be there yeah. must be a picture yeah. with the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, Donald Trump, and IRS. Oh, that has that to has be. to be a picture. Right, I'm gonna Google that. We're gonna Google that. If there is a picture, it'll be up on the Instagram because. <laughs> Million dollar men all hang out together. They're, that's why they're the one percent, you know. <laughs> so, and uh, and for my number seven, uh, dream team, the dream nice. team, yeah, Brutus and Greg, Greg, Va- Greg Valentine. Yeah. Yes, the original dream team is fantastic. Yeah. Um. So we're down to me, and uh, the team that beat the dream team is my next tag team, mm-hmm. the British Bulldogs, WWF champs one time and Stampede champs. Uh, and ahead of them, I have uh, the other Express, the Rock and Roll Express, NWA champs many times. And I'm going to say right now, I don't like the NWA. I don't like the Rock and Roll Express. Right. I've never liked the Rock and Roll Express. You got two guys ripping off David Lee Roth in the ring, and they dress like David Lee Roth, and then they think they're David Lee Roth, and they're both scrawny little guys. That can, yeah. And all the girls love them. Ah, fooey. I'm like, how, <laughs> fooey. Who, how do you expect me to believe that the Rock and Roll Express could actually beat the number one tag team that I'll say later? Because yeah. they wrestle plenty of times together, but it's never believable that the Rock and Roll Express could beat them. Like the fact that four horsemen had to gang up on Rick on Ricky, <laughs> Ricky Morton to beat him up. Yeah. It should only take two horsemen. Yeah. It shouldn't even take one. It should take one. So anyways... But the Rock and Roll Express, there would be no Midnight Rockers, Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels. There'd be no Rockers if it wasn't for the Rock and Roll Express. Right. So that's why the Rock and Roll Express are there. Anyways, those are my next two. Uh, who do you got, Mark? Okay. So I think I've started a theme here because next I've got uh, tied for this position is the Can-Am Connection. Love them. And Strike Force. Mm. Which is another exactly the same what we just did. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, not exactly. Well, no, not necessarily because... Rick Martel came from uh, the AWA as well as uh, international wrestling, uh, Montreal-based wrestling. And Tom Zink was up in the international wrestling as well. 
and sometimes doing a little bit of A&W work. Mm-hmm. A&W work. A-W-A. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did some, some A&W work. Some burgers, night, trust me. <laughs> you know, making some grandpa burgers. But Rick Martel and Tom Zink had, had, had both come in. There was sort of like an infiltration almost. There was, first it was Martel and Zink sort of came in, and, and then Dino Bravo and Frenchie Martin and the Rougeos all came in. It, this whole talent uh, pool from Montreal's international wrestling scene, they all went to the WWE at the same time. And oddly enough, they were all heels. But Martel was first uh, face with the Can-Am Connection, who fought Morocco and Orton in the first match of WrestleMania three. Very, very good workers, but Zink didn't have the the gusto to last in the WWE. So they I ended thought up pairing. It was a, I thought you had a personal. There wasn't. There like was a, a personal thing, but yeah. I don't know what it was. Okay. Then there was uh, they teamed him up with uh, Tito Santana, who was faltering. They didn't. They didn't know where to put Tito in the card. He had been at the top for so long. Yeah. They teamed him up with Rick Martel. Now you have a. You have a super team of one of the greatest IC champs of all time, along with the former AWA world champion, which they never recognized Martel's world champion title reign at all in the no, WWE. No. They've only is, just started admitting that other things, other organizations exist. exist. Yeah, it, which is progressive. But then when they bring back Kurt Angle, they say he hasn't wrestled a match in 11 years. It's like, well, what is all those TNA matches? Yeah. So now they can admit they're rivals because they own their catalogs. Right. But they still won't admit other wrestling places where they don't own their catalogs. Right. Right. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. So, the, anyways, yeah. Strike I was, Force. I was really behind Can-Am Connection when I was a little kid. I loved the idea of Can-Am Connection. Yeah. I think, I think I mean, because I was Canadian. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I and loved the Canadian the idea, guy was the better of the two. Yeah. And yeah. then and then when he disappeared and, and it went to Strike Force, it took me a minute. I didn't like Strike Force right away. But even as a little kid, but then when they were as they started wrestling, I, right. I got more and more into it. Oh. And Girls in Cars That's is what just I was such gonna a, say. At what such point, a great song. What point did Girls in Cars influence you? Because the minute I saw that video, here's Strike Force and the new video. It's like with Jimmy Hart singing Girls in Cars. Yeah, they have nothing to do with this song. No, they're just sitting in <laughs> They're in cars. Yeah. And there's girls around them. The girls aren't actually in the cars. <laughs> so, uh, but Strike Force, of course, they lost their titles to the Hart Foundation. Uh, or no, they beat the Hart Foundation to get the titles. That's what they did. Uh, that's great. So, that, and that's your two. Bob, who do you have? Uh, I think I have the same number six as you. What did you say your number six was? Uh, mine was the British Bulldogs. Yep, that's mine. British Bulldogs. Uh, and then uh, number... Uh, Five was uh, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Oh yeah, fantastic! Great heels. Great. I love heels. Nikolai Volkov too. Like, and I love uh, Fre- uh, classy Freddie Blassie. Okay. Uh, my mouth can't even say classy Freddie Blassie. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. And uh, that first WrestleMania, uh, where they win the titles at the WrestleMania, I do believe they win them right from the U.S. Express due to interference with the cane. But I was always <laughs> amazed that like. Not the cane, a cane. <laughs> <laughs> very, Throw me very your different. Cane! Very different match. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, I always find it interesting. Like you see the uh, Iron Sheik's gut. He had a gut. Yeah, but it was just solid muscle. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like between his gut and then the barrel chest on Nikolai Volkov. Oh, Nikolai Volkov. You guys are like, like these guys look out of shape. Yeah, but they're in, in, yeah, incredibly, incredibly strong. Yeah, Nikolai Volkov has some scary, like it's scary girth that Nikolai he's Volkov still out there. towers over. He's scary girth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, like a, he's like a bear. He's yeah. like a Russian bear. So uh, now we're down to four and three. 
for uh, for four, uh, the fabulous Freebirds. I uh, can't say enough good things about the fabulous Freebirds, despite the Confederate flag. Everything else it's is Black great. History Month. It's fine. That, that's why I had to mention yeah. it. Despite <laughs> um, there was worry, I was worried they were never going to get in the WWE Hall of Fame because of the Confederate flag. And uh, the fact is, not only did they held many championships uh, and house a Canadian who was also pretending to be from Atlanta. The Freebird rule, the fact that the three people can win the tag belts and they can choose who wants to wrestle for the, like, New Day, all the way up to New Day. There have been so many teams that have done this and uh, three people on a team to hold a tag title. And that was all started with the Freebirds. And despite only wrestling one week in the WWE, they're in the Hall of Fame. So I think that's fantastic. Michael P.S. Hayes, I loved him when I was a kid. Bad Street in the USA, fantastic <laughs> song. Any wrestler that sings their own song and then comes out to it, there's only two. Uh, Shawn Michaels and, uh, and Michael Hayes. John Cena. John Cena does it, yeah, too, you're right. Yeah. But he doesn't sing it while he's coming to the ring and while he's dancing around. Oh, okay, then then we're oh. going to go with R-Truth then? Uh, <laughs> Some of the greatest of all time here? He's like, uh, R-Truth and Gold Dust, they're not in the 80s, right? Um, <laughs> this is Oh, this was interesting too in the Bret Hart thing that we are talking about a couple, uh, couple minutes ago. The, it's Bret Hart's night, but yet, uh, and it's a dark match. Like, it's when after the show, the show's over. But when they uh, bring Shawn Michaels out, he gets full pyro and music and he dances, ah. comes out and dances. I'm like, on, everything. On Bret Hart Appreciation On Bret Hart Appreciation Night. And like everything Bret, Bret is ta- hate about Shawn Michaels. I mean, he's talked about it in the past. He's like, he doesn't like his prima donna dancing. He doesn't like his intro. You know, he doesn't like it. And it's just like, why didn't you just send him down in a zip line to be more insulting? Like, yeah. it's Bret's night. And it's like, you get back. Yeah, and he's up dancing. Yeah. And everybody's going nuts. And like the look on Bret's face, priceless. Jeez. Um, so the Freebirds are my number four. Number three, only suitable that I'm talking about Bret Hart because I have the Hart Foundation. My favorite tag team of all time mm-hmm. uh, at number three. They only held the title once in the 80s. But every team that they wrestled in the 80s benefited from being in the ring with the Hart Foundation. I'll say that whether it be the Killer Bees, the Rockers, Power and Glory, Strike Force, uh, or to the next, my number two team, or even my number one team, who also wrestled the Hart Foundations on occasions. Yeah. But anyways, who do you have, Mark, for your... Uh, as we get down to the nitty gritty, I think we're all going to get some similar people. Um, number four for me is the British Bulldogs. Yeah. And then number three, the Brain Busters. The brain Busters, oh, yeah. very good. Really very liked good. the super behind the Brain Busters and that illegal finisher they had, the spike, spike pile driver. driver. Yeah, because oh. I love that. That's the one double team move that's illegal. Well, you know, it's just tell me it's driver. illegal, and suddenly it's so much more dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I remember the Brain. I remember. Well, I remember Bobby the Brain Heenan, obviously, but that was oh, his. Yeah. That was his. Well, they were they were already a team. Previous to the Brain Busters coming to WWE, right. they were right. two of the four horsemen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And they were. And they were even called the Brain Busters. They weren't called the Brain weren't Busters they? in the no. NWA. They were just called Tully and Arn. Right. Tully and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. But by the way, the Brain Heenan. Well, then Bobby Brain Heenan and Anderson when they came to the WWE. Yes. Yeah. 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 WWE. The Brain yeah. Busters. They became the Brain Busters. Wow. So most people just call them overall their entire term. Yeah. The Brain the Brain Busters. Busters right. Because it's yeah. a great name. They Spike Piledriver was their finisher. They busted your brain. Yeah, that was a, great. Great. Yeah. It's on, this is honestly like a trip down memory lane for me. <laughs> it's like, 
Just bringing and, back a whole bunch of stuff. And they had my second favorite double team finisher ever. Number one, though, which was not in the 80s, was the uh, were the uh, the Mounties with the uh, oh, yeah. uh, Boston Crab leg drop to the top of oh, the head. Yes. Like, what a yeah. dev- like in real life, what a terrible, devastating move. Yeah, oh, horrible. Yeah. And it's Carl Lulette coming down with that leg drop. Yeah. And he's only got one eye, so there's no depth perception. (laughs) So if he hits you, it's going to hurt. You know, don't let a pirate do a leg drop. Jesus. (laughs) The splinters you're going to have on the back of your neck. Yeah. That that is great. So so the Brain Busters, and you said who was before? Oh, and British Bulldogs. And the British Bulldogs. Okay. Who do you have, Bob? I'm going to get some flack for this. No, you're not. Yeah. I put a Legion of Doom as my number four. Yep. Well, you know There's what? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Opinions, no. that's fine. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm the like, fact that you say the Legion of Doom yeah. leads me to believe that's why you would put them number four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anybody that they call that knows them as a tag team, yeah. like myself, the Road Warriors, Road Warriors is what I call them. Yeah, yeah. I hate the Legion of Doom. Of course. Everybody because does. that's the watered-down WWE version of them that they yeah. marketed where they're like, you need a puppet. And you need uh, spikes that we can sell to the kids. Yeah, and but that's exactly they didn't have the spikes that's, before. Oh, they had the spikes before, but they weren't sold. But to they kids. weren't like the foam kit. No, no, no yeah. exactly. And it is like you, know, you look at the look up. It's obviously just to sell toys, and it's oh yeah, yeah. It's a marketing. Well, look thing. at there's a team that I haven't that you guys have not said yet that I'm surprised that didn't make my list because. I've always looked at them as Road Warrior knockoffs, as there were many Road Warrior knockoffs. But one of the greatest uh, teams in WWE history, which yeah. you might have as your number one, and that's fine. Yeah. Is because when the Road Warriors came to the WWE, yeah. they were marketed as the Legion of Doom, and they were a softer version of what the Road Warriors were, yeah. and a more cartoon version of what the Road Warriors were. They're very, so yeah. it was hard for them to compete with the other team that was like them. A ripoff of them because the other team was already established in, within the WWE, right? And most people didn't follow the NWA or the AWA or New Japan or wherever this other team had won world titles already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so when the Road Warriors came in, they were the second banana to their imitators, mm-hmm. which is uh, very interesting. I love that and, we're skirting. We're not. They, we don't well, want to say the name of the other team. Well, <laughs> I don't want to, you. You all know who I'm talking about. Yeah, they also went by the Freebird rule, but well, you know, they did for a little while. They I did. About that. They yeah, did yeah. have three of them for a while. Yeah, but if they're number one on your list, I understand. I don't. Well, I, I think it's unacceptable. I think it's unacceptable. I'm just joking. No. But anyway, where or so we're at my two. Imagine one. if I was no, that wait, hold on. No, we're not. Oh no, we're at my three. Okay, so who's your three? My th- my third is like pure childhood. I love these guys so much. They're probably a joke to everybody, but I love the Bushwhackers, so I'm putting them as my number three. That's another team that okay before they were in the WWF. I loved the Bushwhackers, but that's fine because <laughs> I love it because the fact is, yeah, you know they never held a WWF title, never, no. But together they've held probably about 138 different titles around the world. Yeah, and before they came to the WWE. They were called the sheep herders. Yeah. And they were vicious. Yeah. Right. Gruesome. And they were yeah. gruesome. Definitely like they would cut you up and every match of theirs, blood. And then I they came to the WWE that. and they're like, okay, you guys are going to be, up. you guys are going to be comedy yeah. and you're going to yeah. be, you're going to lick uh, each other's heads. You're going to lick each other's heads. Yeah. You're going to be jokes. You're going to play to the kids. They're going to be, they're the three stooges of wrestling. Baby. Exactly. Or two stooges. I they lick Ben Miner's head and Ben Miner said they reeked like sardines. <laughs> I don't doubt that. And I said, Ben. I'll break this to you now. 
they used to eat sardines before going to the ring because they knew they had to lick kids. They did it on purpose. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, they smell like fish. Like, he was a kid yeah. that got licked by a Just bushwhacker. Like, what is the worst amazing. thing you can yeah, that, that's licking a, somebody? Oh, it's insane. So, the bushwhackers are a very good choice. Yeah. You know, because of their... I only know, know them as the comedy. Well, if you ever go back and watch a Sheep Herders versus a Fantastics match, yeah. it's a pretty solid match. Pretty gruesome. My last two, I have Tully Blanchard and Aaron Anderson, a.k.a. the Brain Busters. They were part of the Four Horsemen. They held the NWA titles against tough competition when they were in the NWA. They had believable matches against my number one team. And uh, one of my favorite matches was that Chi-Town Heat 87. Uh, love that match between the Brain Busters and the number one team from Chicago, which I will name in a second. Uh, Tully and Aaron, they went to the WWE won the world title there should have had a longer run in the wwe but didn't because tully blanchard walked into work one day and it said drug testing and he just turned around and fucking left oh so the brain busters were no more because he knew he could not pass a piss test right wow. so that's the that's wow. what they say in the documentary anyway but uh the number one team of all time they won championships in in the 80s won championships in new japan awa NWA, and then came up to the WWE and won in the WWF. Can I guess who it is? Yes. The Jumping Bomb Angels. I, I was going to put them on my list <laughs> at number 10. The Jumping Bomb name, Jumping Bomb Johnny. I can't, I almost, I almost said Jumping Von Eriks. Um, Ooh, who's in there? The, that's a Japanese tag team oh, that I wrestles see, yeah. in WrestleMania 6 or 7, <laughs> okay. maybe. Um, and they're, but they're good. This is the other great team from Japan. Uh, Road Warriors, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, <laughs> Paul Ellering, the Legion of Doom. Uh, they're the greatest tag team of all time. And I should have said the Road Warriors then. Uh, well, I remember Legion of Doom, but yeah. Yeah, but the, as the Road Warriors, oh man, they used to come into Iron Man and before What a Rush, they just come into Iron Man and they yeah. just beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah. yeah. Forever. And so many teams have copied, like, the Barbarian and the Warlord. Yeah. The Powers of Pain. They copied them. The fucking Demolition. They yep. copied them. Oh, now you can say their name. Did, were you about <laughs> to say them? No, no, I know. I was just well, giving you our time. I will say, the song for Demolition, one of the greatest wrestling entrance theme songs of all time. Yep. Yeah. And they also sang their own theme song. What about... No, they No, Rick Derringer it. sang it. Yeah, yeah. Who also sang Real American. What about the, na is the Nasty Boys? They're a great tag team as well. Yeah. yeah. Are they on your list, number one? They're not on no. my list. No, I, I, I just struggled with them too. Nasty Boys. They're also great. But yeah. they're, they their might theme be early song, 90s. Sung by Janet Jackson. I think they are, might be 90s. Yeah. I they might be in right. the 90s. I think you're right. So, yeah. So I have uh, Brain Busters and Road Warriors as my top two. Road and Warriors. you? Uh, okay. So, number two, uh, we've already been over the Heart Foundation. Of course. And number one, and here's where I struggled for a bit. I almost put the Road Warriors as well. So now I'm mm -hmm. glad I didn't. My number one team, the originators of Twin Magic, the Killer Bees. Oh, yeah. nice. Are I, you taking uh, a piss while I... <laughs> <laughs> Are you peeing well, while I say my number said, one? The minute you said, for number one, I did not want to agree with you, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> well, because uh, we, cause then we, we it's another talking point. And now you're going to say that... That one half of the High Flyers and B. Brian Blair are better than the Road Warriors? Well, it was, it was, they're, they're equal to each other. I say one's better or worse than the other. <laughs> I say that they're on par. Uh, they did definitely. do Twin Magic before Twin Magic ever existed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mask, it, it was called uh, the Mass Confusion. Oh, is that what they called it? Mass, mass confusion. confusion, right. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, and then when somebody questioned mo- them on it, they said, uh, mind your own beeswax. Amazing. They were incredible. A lot of incredible. people don't know. Greatest yeah, yeah. tag team of all time. The killer bees <laughs> were known for doing bee puns all the time. <laughs> they were on the B circuit. They weren't on the A circuit. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough too. Cause there's so few bee puns. There's so few bee yeah, puns. There's, there's only a so bee few. movie filled with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were ahead of their time. That's what you're telling me. They right were now. ahead yeah. of the time. Uh, what was their finishing move? Finishing move. Was, did they have a finishing move? They just that, that means they would you. have to. They would have to win. Yeah, they would have to win. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. They were told that they were going to win the titles, and they they never did. No. No. There are better teams than. I can't believe Killer Bees are your number one team. <laughs> but like, I, I, even, I, I actually. I think that I, says something about. But me, no, I I kind of expect that from Mark. <laughs> Mark always has a thing for the underdog. I will say, when I was a kid, and uh, I used to come off the ropes when I in my backyard league. Be Brian Blair we used to do this little yeah, arm he, twist yeah, with his arms. Yeah, yeah. Like he was roaming up his wings. Yep. I remember. I used to do that same thing before dropping elbows. Like Amazing. I used to take a lot of wrestlers' little things, like Macho Man's handshakes, like the way he shake his hands for wrestling. I took that too. I wasn't a very successful backyard wrestler, but I was okay. So, uh, Bob, who do you have as your uh, well, top two? My number two is the same as Mark's, the Heart Foundation. That's there you go. Like of course, I mean, not much yeah. else needs to be said on that. We covered it. Uh, my my number one is the Rockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, not, not I'm not going to even make an argument for that. No, no. I, but, I have, uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. It's they're the one tag team as a kid I loved because they did a lot of they did a lot of great stuff. They did a lot of uh, amazing stunts and high flying stuff. I, I you know I mean, uh, and I also remember their storyline of when they broke up because again. Yeah killed me oh it was one of the greatest moments ever it absolutely is so for that's <laughs> why i put it up there because they made such a mark of my childhood marty Janetti just tried to jump through that window <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's bobby heenan yeah. on commentary because I, I was bobby like heenan no they the can't break up i that's what in my head because no. i love the rockers and when you watch it you're like well, I should have known. Shawn Michaels is all dressed in black. <laughs> I know. Why is he dressed in black? <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is so obvious. Yeah. But the, you know, uh, one of my favorite matches is the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. Uh, never forget. Nakeem and Big Boss Man. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania uh, 5, I think it is. And they're wrestling the Rockers. And Akeem gives Shawn Michaels a clothesline. And it's the first time I've ever seen anybody do a full backflip after a clothesline. Yeah. When I was a kid. I just thought, I remember that. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's one of my favorite matches is that Shawn Michaels, the way he sells it, he does a full backflip and you're like, he's dead. Oh my God. Oh my God. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I loved watching Shawn Michaels wrestle. Yeah. So did I. That's why it, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels feud hurt me for yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, many yeah. years. Cause I did not like Bret. I still have problems with Hunter to this day. Right. Where I, I'm like, uh, I remember one time I was at a raw here in Toronto and Hunter was wrestling i think it was orton and spilled into the audience and i was like on the floor fourth row i was like i was sitting with santino morello's family actually i was right behind them and uh they came right by us and i remember i got close enough i was like hunter you're a fucking piece of shit and i'm like give the finger <laughs> and i've never been more and i was like just all this anger about the yeah, screw yeah, yeah. job is inside of me I'm like yeah fuck is it was it was Hunter said if he won't do the job we'll do the job for him mm-hmm. right. and that 
to me really bothers me to this day. Yeah. Have you have you listened to uh, Chris Jericho's podcast where he talks? It's like the 25th anniversary. Yeah, of where he has right? Meltzer on. He has Meltzer on. Yeah. It's really hard to like Shawn Michaels or Triple H after hearing that podcast. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah but you know what? But I mean, there. I mean, like, it's years ago. You know, yeah, it's politics. Ago. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm also, also not, ages you know, ago, like, I'm not entrenched in that stuff. No, it's, like, I get more Shawn upset. Michaels made an impression on me as a wrestler. As yeah, a yeah kid, absolutely. You know? and, like, and what he does and Triple H does on his own. Like, Triple H I didn't like because he was involved in it more than what people thought. And then I didn't like Triple H because of the way China was gotten treated and fired and uh, left at the WWE. I don't like him because of that. But then now he's like the guy that runs wrestling. So, and he's created. And he's, and he's so supportive of and, the younger talent. And he, So it seems anyway. They bring in all the indie guys. Like mm-hmm. he's not doing anything. We're developing talent down at NXT. Well, no, you just keep signing the best talent that's out there on the indie rosters. He's and then you bring people. them in. Velveteen Dream is, is theirs, isn't he? Tough Enough. Yes, he came yeah. out of Tough Enough. Yeah. As well as Mandy Rose. As well yeah. as the, uh, uh, Sonya Deville. He's developed. So those have all those, been developed. Velveteen Dream is. Fantastic. Maybe my favorite thing going right now. Patrick Clark. Yeah. He's so Really good. enjoy. Even in the series, the year of Tough Enough, you knew he was the only guy that was going to make it because he was the only one to be like, that was constantly watching the network. He'd be like, anybody want to come watch a match? And they'd be like, no, no. And he's like, what's wrong with you guys? Don't you love wrestling? You could even see it on his face as other people were talking and he was in the background. You could see him. I don't want to say quietly judging people, but yeah. kind of like, yeah. kind of like, Mm-mm, no. It's funny that out of that year, Tough Enough. Patrick Clark is the only guy that's left. Uh, the, the other two guys that won, they didn't want, well, one guy was vilified for making stupid tweets towards the main roster. Right. And the other guy was is probably back wrestling alligators. Um, <laughs> the uh, the girls, He was though, so sweet, though. He's easy, very charming, but, yeah. He, he, knew the, he knew how to say the right things. Look, the guy is a reality television whore. That's all he is. The Miz called him out on it because the Miz is one. <laughs> yeah, who's um, the Miz pointing his dirty fingers yeah. at? Yeah. <laughs> the Miz saved that year in Tough Enough. The Miz saved Mandy Sacramento and Mandy Rose mm-hmm. because she was hot. And now look at her on the main roster. She does a great job. She does look hot. She looks believable when she's in the ring. Sure. The Miz was right. The other girls on that show, Sonya Deville, also on the main roster with Absolution, as well as um, Zack Ryder's girlfriend, who currently wrestles for TNA, Chelsea. Chelsea. Oh, I thought you were talking She's about Canadian. Emma. His, no, not Emma, right. but the girl Chelsea. Uh, I can't remember her last name, but um, I, can I say that I loved Emma? I loved that character, the original sort of like a little bit clumsy. Yeah, like the, her skinning the cat to get into the ring, and everybody's just going, oh. Oh, oh, yay, you got in. Well, uh, and popping the bubbles. Like, I loved that whole that thing. That was all great. And yeah. then they brought her up, and then they tried to repackage her. Yeah. It and it just never was the right time to bring her back. And I'm glad that she's in ROH now. I'm like, glad, I'm glad she's that she's ROH. working. I'm glad that stuff is happening. You because I always just, I just thought that was such. She's going to be fine. Such a great. She's going to be fine, great, and she'll probably be back. A great someday. act. Yeah. Um, well, I think, did we, did, oh yeah, your number one was. My number one was uh, the, the, rockers. the Rockers. The Rockers, rockers. yes. Yeah. And the Rockers are, are, are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah, with they're that. They're fun to watch. They're, they're always a fun team to watch. None of that. Uh, during a, a sad time in the AWA's history, when the AWA was completely like on a downward spiral, the Midnight Rockers were the best tag team there. Uh, you know, uh, better than Henning and Scott Hall. Better than uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. 
mm-hmm. um, better than a lot of the tag teams. And they carried the titles for a long time, feuding with Bad Company, which would later be the Orient Express. See, that's the other Express. You said there's only two Expresses. I forgot about the Orient Express. The Orient Express. Express. <laughs> well, that's because I always, even as the Orient Express were the Orient Express, I still knew they were Bad Company from AWA. All right. All right. Like, that's Pat Tanaka. But the mask ninja, that's just Paul Diamond. That's they, it's the same tag team that I watched in AWA. I'm not not even Oriental. I was never I was yeah, not <laughs> Is that I was okay never to say? I I'm never fell for that. I always knew that that Smash from Demolition was uh Crusher Khrushchev because of the Eagle tattoo that they always tried to keep covered. Mm-hmm. I never fell for the flack that the Blue Blazer was anybody but Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. I knew it was Owen Hart from the get go. Wasn't it Chris Benoit too for a little while? Never. He was a Pegasus kid oh. in Japan. Cheaper scrapes. So different different mass, different countries. Yeah. Folks. But somebody didn't somebody fill in as the blue blazer for a little while? After, it was always Owen Hart the it entire time. Always Owen Hart. Always. Really? After yeah. I thought that you they mean switched after Owen Hart? No, 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 not after. No. Like I'm talking that about the eighties. I'm talking no, about the eighties. It was always oh, the Blue Blazer was always always owned, never played by anybody never else. Never played by anybody else. Huh. Yeah. As far as I know. When hmm. was that? When did he pass away? He was passed that in the nineties? It was, uh, was ninety nine. 99, wow. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, uh, oh, Jeepers, uh, I want to say May 27th or May, around the end of May, 1999. Yeah. I met Bret Hart that day, that Did afternoon. You? Really? Oh, wow, earlier happened. that day. The yeah. day it happened, you the day met it happened. Bret Hart. Oh. Wow. I met him at uh, the Ottawa 67s Calgary Hitman uh, Memorial Cup Final, where we won 7-6. We beat the Hitman in overtime. And then he flew to LA to go do the Tonight Show, and he would have found out. He found out while he was on the plane. Oh, I went home and watched the pay per view. Yeah, you watched yeah. the pay per view. I, yeah, so I you saw it happen. Home. I saw it happen. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah, oh, I was geez. at uh, O'Grady's. I have. I have it on. I have it on videotape. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. as well as the the corresponding two next draws. Yeah. I have them all on one videotape. You just knew it just something. Sounds was, horrific. Yeah, it, was it is horrific. It was the saddest thing ever. He, like well, I didn't think he was dead. Sorry, I, I thought he was yeah, paralyzed. But wait, did he? At the time. He landed on the on the ropes. On the ropes. Well, he sort of came down. <laughs> yeah. The scary thing is, is Jimmy Corderas was in the ring and he was yelling at Jimmy to get out of the way. Yeah. And his his arm might have hit Jimmy's shoulder, and he hit the turnbuckle, but then he landed on the ground. But the the ring is so tight. Yeah. The impact of him hitting the ground, I guess it, it uh, his aorta maybe came loose Ooh. or it bumped it. Like he, yeah. his heart broke. Yeah. The valve came separated Some, and severed, he filled yeah. up with blood. Yeah. His, yeah, basically oh, yeah, drowned. Yeah, yeah. He, dr- he drowned oh, in his own blood in- internally. Yeah. It's very sad if you read Martha Hart's book because the last sentence is um, something like, Owen Hart died from a broken heart, and it's something that I have to live with every day yeah. of oh my, my life. Yeah. How, and how, it's like, I was reading that, I was like, oh my God, I'm bawling. I hate it. Yeah. How far do you fall? How, well, 80 feet, 70, 80, 80 feet, feet. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's insane. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's the saddest thing that's ever yep. happened in wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's... Because um, I loved Owen Hart, too. I loved Oh, yeah. Owen Hart was my favorite. Yeah. Owen Hart was my favorite. And at the time, I liked that he was doing the blazer, but at the same time... He was involved with Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And they were a tag team with Deborah. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Jarrett had to wrestle the match afterwards. And I remember Deborah just bawling her eyes out in the promo. And he's like, We don't have time to cry. We got a match to go win. And he's like, grabs her and he walks off. I'm like, I could not believe Vince McMahon made them go on with yeah. the show. There is that YouTube video, not of the incident that happened. Well, there's nobody. Like, I don't think there's any after, footage of the incident. I don't think there is either, but there is a before and after, right? Of the before. Yeah. 
And then because the lights were out when he fell. Because they didn't know he was dead at the moment, or maybe nobody he wasn't, knew. Jerry Lawler he wasn't went, dead, maybe. Or Lawler, Jerry Lawler, Lawler went and and he said, Owen said something like, "Tell my family I love them." Yeah. And uh, and they were getting ready to take him. And when Lawler went back to the booth, yeah, he was he was like he was very somber. And Jr. said something to him, and and Jim just said, "It's not good. Yeah, it's yeah, not good. It's not good. Yeah. Doesn't look good, Jerry. Doesn't look yeah. good. No. And he looked like he was pale." Like anyway, oh, that's very, you, it's very when, upsetting. When you see something like that, you're. It was a very upsetting uh, night, and uh, uh, sadly enough, my mom. I deal with co- tragedy through comedy. Yep. And my mom looked at me, and I didn't speak for a while. And she's like, "What are you thinking?" So I tried to muster up a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, "It's." I guess it's going to be a long night for the Undertaker. <laughs> and then my mom just looked at me, and then I just started crying. Well, so like you, yeah, you yeah, knew, yeah. so you had a good feeling that he'd. he'd oh, I knew passed. he was going to be dead. Oh, like, I thought maybe he was. I thought he had broken his neck at the time. I remember going, "I, I guess he's paralyzed. He'll yeah. never wrestle again." But they well, it didn't occur to me that he was. But dead. they, I they know it was well, that bad. Well, after the next match, or after two matches later, they Jim Ross made the announcement during the broadcast. Really. Yeah, he said, folks, we, I, go, I don't remember, I remember that, that news, like, he, he, around, did, like he, got, crazy he gave it during the broadcast, and then they still had to go on with the main event. Jeez. Uh, Mankind versus, I think, uh, Undertaker was the main event. So, in a buried alive match, I think it's <sighs> like. My God. I know. It's yeah. like. That's like, it just gets worse. <laughs> I know. I'm pretty sure it was a buried alive match, but I can't really remember. I remember those buried, those buried matches. Yeah, they put him in the coffin or something. Yeah, yeah, and then they yeah. bury you yeah. with Covered sand, with dirt. Yeah. yeah, I loved. Yeah, oh, man. like I love yeah. Undertaker. Oh. oh my god, I don't even want to think about being buried alive. I hate that scene of Kill no. Bill. Um, are we going to end the podcast on Owen right. Hart's on the saddest <laughs> possible thing? Oh no! Oh, we could talk about Kill Bill. Sorry, I'm sorry. Bob, what's your happiest memory? Maybe. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, let's end it on something else. Jesus oh, Christ! It's so my, my sad. I know. Is like watching all Hogan body slam uh, Andre the Giant. Well, that was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I remember I went to a football game at uh, Pontiac, Michigan, at the Silverdome, and we were like six rows from the rafters, and I'm like walk, looking down at the football player, the quarterback. And I was like. Yeah, I could watch Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant from up here. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this yeah. isn't a bad seat. This has got to be a good seat. Yeah. You know? Uh, I remember when I, was, I had Ricky Steamboat on the show, and uh, I said to Ricky Steamboat, I was like, you know, everybody talks about the WrestleMania 11, uh, WrestleMania match you had, but um, I got to be honest, I, I, I always hated that George the Animal Steel got involved in the end. Like, I hated that you sure. had to be the animal's caretaker. Yeah. Like, it should have just been a clean victory yeah. of you over. I don't like to. And he's like, that's your problem with the match? Like, <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, I'm like, I guess it's George Steele's hometown. And this is probably the biggest thing he's ever done. And his best years are behind him. But I'm like, I just never liked George the animal Steele. That's oh. my problem. And what, did he, and what did he say? He's like, he's like, well, most people think that match is. A, he goes, let me tell you something about that match. He said, uh, that night, he goes, after every WrestleMania, there's a big party. Vince throws a big party. And everybody's at the party. And Andre and Hogan were sitting at a table by themselves. And Linda McMahon was there. I mean, Linda Hogan was there. And Vince and McMahon, the McMahons were there. That was a big table. And everybody was dropping by the table. He goes, but, you know, more people were dropping by the table that I was sitting at with Randy Savage. And uh, everybody was going over congratulating Hogan and Andre like a wedding reception. And then they're all on our table saying, you stole the show. You stole yeah. the show. Uh, and Macho Man, was right, like, Macho Man was like, that's right. 
17 minutes is all it took to steal the show. Yeah, dig it. You know, like, <laughs> and it's just insane because the Macho Man had choreographed that entire match move for move at hold for hold. There was no room for improvisation. It was 100% scripted. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. you? So everything. You, sorry, because that reminds uh this might be a it's sort of tangent, but you, you see Glow? Love Glow. Because that, that reminds me of that scene that Alison Breed does where she's like trying to convince her ex-friend and Mark Marin, uh, like she's acting out this the whole match in the ring. Yeah. I think that's one of the best that's one of the best acting scenes I've seen in a long time where she's just like you know, there's so much work that was put in. Do you know what scene I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just jumping all over the place and like saying, and then I do this and it goes on for a while. And it's like, oh my God, it's one of my favorite scenes. There are yeah. scenes like that during uh, being the elite sometimes where the young bucks will be backstage and they're like, then we do this, then we do this. Yeah, yeah. Super kick, and you see them both, they throw the yeah. super kick and they, they sort of go through the, the move parts in the match. I love anytime you get to look behind the curtain. That's fascinating yeah. to me. Being yeah. the elite is. That's so great. I. In 2007, while on tour in Calgary, we all got put up at the Blackfoot in the hotel, this hotel. And uh, it was like, and John Doerr's TV show was about to come on. And John called us up and said, hey, you know, uh, uh, my TV show starts tomorrow night. And he goes, but we're also doing next season. He's like, do you think you could be on the show? Like, he's asking me, I'm like, I don't have an agent at the time or anything like that. I don't know. But, um, but I was hanging out with uh, Rory Scoville, who was also there. And we said, you know, we're actually having, we have our own show. So we don't care about your show. And he's like, what? And he's like, yeah, we have our own show. It starts right before yours and it's on YouTube. And the episodes <laughs> are only 10 minutes, but that's our show. It's on every Wednesday night before your show for 10 minutes. So we got a show too. So you're not the only one. So then John's like, if you guys have a 10 minute YouTube clip up tomorrow night before my show, I'll be impressed. So we hang up the phone where he's like, we got to make a fucking short. <laughs> so this, So then we just okay let's start and we started filming like that night and the next morning and we overshot so then we had two episodes before we knew it we were out there for basically the month we shot 10 episodes amazing wow. and it's just like comedians making up stories it's 100 percent improvised the, there's no dialogue written it's just like this is a scene this is where we're going this yeah. is what's happening okay let's do it and then we just kept every week we kept overshooting. So we just keep writing more stories and filling it with more gags and stupidity. And, you know, this is all up on my YouTube page and it's in my Facebook as well. And, but as I watch being the elite, I'm like, holy fuck, they're just doing the same thing that we did in yeah, 2007. Yeah. Cause these guys are bored on the road. Yeah. And they're, but not only that, they're creating storylines that are yeah. actually affecting with the way their story is going. Like yeah. in, in, in wrestling. Yeah. Like, right. It's great. Talk about the correct use of the word universe. Can I say that the the way WWE uses the word universe irritates me? It always has. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not stop using it that way. That's not right. you. You almost got it right at the beginning. And you then don't you ignore just, other planets in the universe. Yeah. But right. also, even if you just want to talk about just the WWE universe as a as a uh, a universe of characters that live in what the WWE has created, but they just call their fans the universe. It's like, they're out fighting in the universe. It's like, stop it. Oh. Please stop. You're making me crazy with your use of this word. Oh my God. It's just the world, right? Yeah, but like the Marvel universe or the DC universe yeah, or the yeah, WWE yeah. universe, but they don't use it that way. They no. use it, they just, they use it in place of the word fans. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is so irritating Fighting to me. You, the WWE Universe. <laughs> Stop it. That's not... You are the universe. You're doing it wrong, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you are no, every do planet. Want. Don't listen to me. That, well, so uh, we... Uh, we Ended on a sort happy of note. we ended on a happy note. We're bitching about the WWE calling <laughs> well, themselves the universe. Don't bring it back to the. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but that's the thing about wrestling is uh, a lot of it makes you happy. Yeah. Some of it makes you sad. Most of it. Some makes, it makes you happy. You happy. Yeah. Some it makes you it's mad. Like anything you love. Uh, you know, it's uh, the fact that uh, Walk with Elias is an acronym for WWE <laughs> does not bother me. No, but it should. It should. I'm like, why is Walk with Elias the WWE? What is that? Why are he? Well, what scarves is he wearing? Where's Jericho? <laughs> I don't so, mind. I think uh, it's funny. How many scarves did Chris Jericho wear when you guys seen him? Did just mm. does he wear scarves all the time? Yes, all the time, all the time. But not. I'm in- pretty sure there was there was not a lot of. Well, wait. When we came in for trip, there was not a lot of times where he didn't come in with a scarf. And a scarf. also, if Fozzie comes to town. Can I go with you guys? <laughs> yeah, oh my I think god, so. I think we should all go. Yeah, because I was I would thinking about go going Fozzie. to the cruise. Actually, I was thinking. Oh my god, I've been like, thinking. It's on my birthday. You don't think really? I? Well, I've already booked my tour to go to Survivor Series in LA. Oh, amazing! And NXT and um, Raw. That's gonna be so fun. So yeah, that'll be great. Plus, I'm sure PWG will probably be running that weekend as well. Oh, man, I went to. I I've, want to. So I went bad. to PWG really last October. What did you see? Uh, a, oh, five star, a five star match. Amazing. I yeah. saw Zack Sabre Jr. versus a guy named Walter. I saw uh, Mark ha- Mark Hastings, who I thought was a Toronto wrestler because I see him in Smash. Yeah. Uh, wrestled the Young Bucks. I was like, he's British? I didn't know he's British. <laughs> uh, I saw Ricochet versus, uh, what's his name? Chris uh, uh, Chuck Taylor. Yeah, Chuck Taylor, yeah. Chucky e. T. I saw Chucky e. T, who had the title, go against Ricochet. And Ricochet pointed David Meltzer and said, I ain't fucking going anywhere, so shut your mouth. Because <laughs> uh, at that time, he was reported with signing with NXT. And uh, Ricochet won the title in a double false finish. He won it twice. Oh, the belt man. twice. Uh, Young Bucks were on the card. I uh, love the Young Bucks. Uh, Marty Skrull. Yep. The best thing is, is you go buy their t-shirts before. They're all hanging out with their t-shirts. And you get a meet and greet. You can buy the t-shirt. It's great. So I got to meet the villain, Marty Skrull, who is like one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, the Young Bucks are too successful to do meet and greets because the lineup would just be fucking out the window. Right, so they've got somebody else. No, they weren't even well, there. They were they were in the second match and they were out really quickly. Right. But they're always entertaining. I love the Young Bucks. If you like the Rockers, oh, yeah, you'll you have to see the Young Bucks. Bucks. Okay. You'll love it. They're like yeah, the Rockers, but they're both Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Ooh, That's what they say. Ooh-wee. They yeah, even, I'll look them up. Yeah. 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 Their matches are so entertaining. Oh, as long as you don't get um, focused on why isn't the ref counting. Why yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, the ref yeah. doing this? Because the refs oh, really, easy. yeah. Jeff McHenry can't stand the Young Bucks because of all the ref. They, he's, they don't disrespect the referee. Jeff McHenry's a curmudgeon. He, yeah, I don't even know what that <laughs> word means, but I agree. He is a curmudgeon. You hear me, Jeff? Curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let me look at that word up, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Um, that's a positive ending. Yeah, yeah. I think oh, we're had a good time today. Sounds We've like covered a lot of material. I don't even know if we're. I know we're well past the hour. It feels like it. But hey, uh, thank you once again for joining us, Bob. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find you performing, or what do we what do we have to watch? Give us your plugs at Mr. Bob Kerr. That goes for Instagram and uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, watch this out. It's twenty two minutes. I'm sometimes on there. Yeah, there we nice. go, Mark. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Mark M. Andrada, 
and uh, and uh, I'm at Comedy Bar every Friday night for Catch 23, 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And also, sorry, please. Uh, also, but I'm Chris Jericho is a oh, yes. series. Please I'm on episode that. four. Please make that the most there's, watched episode. Yeah, there's Watch both seasons. seasons. There's two seasons. We have both seasons up as uh, CBC Comedy. It's on YouTube. We're go not there. We're not asking you to go spend a week watching these. It's not it's not oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. It's like each episode, seven minutes. You can crush them in a day. Yeah. You know what? Before you go to sleep, put it on autoplay. Just let it run. Do Just that every run. night for like a month. Yeah. Fantastic. Don't even watch it. Just let it play. Let the let the <laughs> episodes play in your dreams. But also, and tell everybody else about it. Yes. Yeah. Of course. But I'm Chris Jericho. Uh, fantastic. Tune in. Uh, you can find me, Casey Corbin, on all of our formats, TNW Pod, on Twitter, at Talking Wrestling Podcast, on the Instagram. Of course, uh, send us a Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. Comedian Casey Corbin on Instagram as well, and Casey Corbin on all other formats. Folks, thank you for tuning in to uh, this this issue of uh, Talking Wrestling on Never Sleeps Network. Thanks for letting us put a headlock on your ears, and thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Hey, can can we cut out the part where I said how much I paid for those tickets? Because now I feel bad. No, it's in there. God damn it. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.